Hey gang, today's guest is Bubby Lewis, and he has a new album out called Hero Dynasty. You can pick it up at BubbyLewis.com, or you can stream it on Spotify, Tidal, iTunes, anywhere you stream your music. BubbyLewis.com, B-U-B-B-Y-L-E-W-I-S.com. This episode is also brought to you by Moded, embroidered apparel and accessories. ModedHellaModed.com has my Wu-Tang patches. I love these Wu-Tang patches. They have Wu-Tang patches with your favorite sports team in it. They have uh, they have a blood in, blood out pins. They got, they got hats with Wu-Tang on it. They got new stuff all the time. New designs. They also do custom work. Go to ModedHellaModed.com and get yours today. Moded Hella Moded. M-O-D-E-D-H-E-L-L-A-M-O-D-E-D.com. Now on with the show. Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. As you heard by that hard opening there, that uh, Bubby Lewis or Robert Bubby Lewis is on the show today. I am beyond excited to talk to Bubby Lewis. Uh, I, I've been following Bubby's career since he started with Snoop Dogg. I actually played with a, a family member of his a long time ago in San Diego. So there's this weird connection that uh, that sort of allowed me to follow his career to where he is now. And then it, it was just an honor to just chat with him. I mean, he's an amazing bass player. He's played with Snoop Dogg, Lupe Fiasco, and, and he's currently playing with uh, Janae Aiko. He's doing J-pop stuff, which is amazing. Uh, he loves Japanese culture. Anyways, you're going to hear all about that in the in the talk, in the discussion. That's coming up real soon. But first, let's take care of some business. Go to ModedHellaModed.com for all your embroidery needs. I don't think all of them, but most of them. Uh, you can get awesome patches like Bart Simpson with the David Bowie lightning thing on his face. Or, or, or uh, you can find pins that is from Blood In, Blood Out. And uh, they have hats. And new stuff all the time. ModedHellaModed.com. M-O-D-E-D-H-E-L-L-A-M-O-D-E-D.com. Get into it. Also, go to RainyMystique.com and check out the new album, 1018. I had the honor of penning a few of the songs alongside my beautiful wife, Raina Mystique. Uh, we really love this album, and we think you'll like it, too. RainaMystique.com. R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. You can go to WeSpeakEnglishGood.com and stay up to date with everything We Speak English Good. Uh, it's newly redesigned. It's not that new anymore. You know what? It's redesigned, but not newly. So just go there and check it out. Uh, it's, it's it's you know it's fun we're updating it all the time uh, you can follow us on Instagram at we speak English good or on Facebook by the same moniker uh, you can uh, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or Spotify because we're on Spotify now uh, you can also write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com and right to Raina's dancing in front of me, bothering me. I only know she's only doing it so I can address it. <laughs> I'm trying to do this intro and she's dancing in front of me, so it's very distracting. 
Uh, anyways, you know what? That's enough of this shit. Let's get into Bubby Lewis, guys. Robert Bubby Lewis, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I, I, you, I know you no had problem. meetings and stuff today, and uh, you're a busy <laughs> guy. So so I, I wanted to jump in and uh, just ask you about your childhood. Uh, where did you grow up? Oh, man, my childhood. I grew up in Flint, Michigan, man. All right, all right. Yeah, I always Flint, thought, Michigan. I always thought that you grew up in Detroit. And, and and I recently found out it was Flint, but not because of, yeah. uh, but it was only because I was talking to a Detroit player. He's uh, in, uh-huh. and he's in the church circuit up there. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and I was like, oh, uh, Robert uh, Robert Lewis is from Detroit, right? He's like, no, 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 no. He's from De- Flint. Yeah. And and you still got <laughs> yeah. you still got mad love out in Flint, man, because I actually play in Flint oh, quite man. often. And when I talk to him, really, like, yeah, I do. It's it's a, I'm in Toledo, Ohio, and uh, me and my oh, wife. Man, you- Four we, hours away from where I live, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used it, to drive down to Toledo all the time, man. Was it to perform or is it just uh, just for fun? Well, my brother, my oldest brother's wife, is her family is from Toledo, so we used to go down that way all the time. Oh, okay, cool. Heck yeah, yeah. man. Well, there you go. Small world, yeah. small world. Oh, yeah. So, so Flint, growing up in Flint, what, what was your experience growing up in Flint? Uh, I mean, Flint is, Flint is a very small, (laughs) very, very small place. And and this is pre the water crisis too. When I grew up there, like it's, this was, you know, back when we still used to drink water out of the hose and stuff like that. But I mean, it, I love Flint, man. That's my home. You know, it's nothing there, but (laughs) you know, I mean, if you put it in comparison to like living in Los Angeles, it was definitely night and day but i mean flint is special man it's it's my home man so i i you know i miss it i still got some homies and some family there now you know but uh yeah it was it was cool you know i'm a church kid my my father was a pastor so i'm a pk oh okay okay yeah you know going to church yeah Um, yeah i certainly didn't care about music when i was a kid i just was all about like ninja turtles and (laughs) anime and video games <laughs> which like those like that was which it. is yeah which is pretty normal for a kid right pretty normal that you be yeah, into that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff so do you have a do you have a lineage of music in your family that like from flint um, well my my so here's the thing i'm the youngest of five. Oh, oh uh, okay i have i have two older brothers and then an older sister and then another older sister so me and the sister that's closest to my age uh, we didn't do any music, but my oldest brother and then my older sister, they, they're musicians, Benita Lewis, Kubi Lewis. Um, my brother, Kubi played bass, guitar and organ keys. My sister plays drums, a little bit of keys and stuff like that. They, you know, produce music and stuff. And I got some other cousins, um, some cousins, Nissan and Rapture Stewart, uh, one of my other cousins, that I just recently met plays for like the, the spinners and the, the temptations and the dramatics, but I didn't care about music growing up. I really didn't. I liked it. I liked listening to it. But as far as like 
I wasn't one of those kids that started playing bass at like three. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, pro, <laughs> that, no prodigy. That definitely here. was not me. Nah, nah, <laughs> man. I just eating and <laughs> anime and video games and cartoons and comic books and more eating. Like that well, was that, it. that was turtles. that. We sound like we had a similar Midwest upbringing, mm-hmm. just sort of exactly. in front of the TV. Go to church yep. and, and and just smash and like and like I yep. and I for me personally I was like I, I was like three twenty in high school so that was oh yeah you know oh, yeah. like it, it like that didn't oh, yeah. stop until actually I moved out to California um I yeah. I was I was big for a long time man and, and so so Same you were here. you were a big kid too oh yeah I've always been big man I, at ten years old I wouldn't be surprised if I was like. I don't know. I I could have been like two hundred and some pounds, yeah. probably a ten. I was a big kid, man. Yeah, I was man. really, really big. Did, did that? Did uh, were you able to sort of hold your own with that, or or did you? And I'm well, not trying to turn this into therapy or anything. I'm just uh, like, did, oh, no, were no, you a, were you this okay? Stuff. Were you uh, were you bullied for it, or were you uh, were you? Uh, I mean, I was one of those type of kids. Like, yeah, I got bullied for it, but. You know, like where I grew, like the friends I grew up with at school, like if you if you got bullied, you kind of just fired back. You know, like if people joked about you, you just had to come up with jokes about them. You know what I'm saying? So it ended up kind of just becoming like the guy that picked on you end up becoming friends with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I never really had bully bullies like that, like maybe two bullies and I whoop both of their tail. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I whooped both they butt. That's awesome. Bad. You know what? Yeah. That, that's similar to me too. I had like I had a couple kids who tried to uh, try to get over on me, and yeah, yeah, I just bust them up real quick, and then we're homies. Yeah, and, and then you cool. <laughs> but then, but but yeah, like exactly right. It was sort of like um, um, I know some kids aren't uh, don't have that uh, instinct to sort of yeah. brush things off and like make a joke yeah. out of it. But like I, I was fortunate enough to have a family who was, uh, who was, uh, uh, had a sense of humor, and I was able yeah. to sort of deflect it and throw it back at people, right. and and it allowed me to sort of, uh, you know, it it show, you know, it just showed that you have that you're not just your weight, yeah, that you're you more, you're a human being. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, yeah. And do you think? Do you feel like that prepared you for like, because? I mean, you live a you live an extreme life. I mean, I would say if yeah. you if you if you talking about a factory worker out of Flint and then Robert Bubby Lewis, <laughs> you you know those right. are two very different lives. And so, um, oh yeah, and, and I know what it, I I mean. I I'd still tour and stuff myself, so I I I know the the I know how what kind of life that is. Do you think that that yeah that having weight and being able to have tough skin? Do you think that that paid off any? when as you grew um, into actually yeah man it did i mean and, you know i gotta thank my father because my father was a big guy too but he always you know he looked nice he dressed nice mm. you know he he carried himself my i guess the thing is is if it's anybody out there struggling with it is you how you overcome it more so is how what you believe about yourself like how you carry yourself you know like because there's skinny people that, that have insecurities and have low self-esteem. There's people that are like athletic, but it's, it's, it has more to do with you, I guess. And so, you know, 
I feel like it definitely helped me with going into the music industry because yeah, you hear some things and, and you experience things that hurt, but you know, if you got some tough skin, you know, like, eh, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily have to like, you know, live and die based off of what this person says about me or whatever they do. You know, you just kind of just move on. Yeah. You learn to sort of just brush this off and know that, that, you know, like this is not me. That's, this is not just, you know, this person is just, you know, in their own lane over there. Exactly. They're just saying what they want to say. And and it's like, you don't even have to associate yourself with people that my wife was just saying earlier today, if you have to make somebody like you, then they're not it. They ain't it for you. Yeah. You know, so that, that goes for fat, skinny, whatever, you know, just, if people don't like you, it's cool. You'll come across people that do, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and I thought it was interesting when you were saying that, like, uh, that skinny people can be insecure, too. I, I mean, I know oh, gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous people, men and women, women, you know, you know whatever, you know, beautiful people oh, yeah. who are very, very insecure about their looks. But they're I'm here, man. And, and they could be told every day that they're, they're gorgeous and, and all this adulation, yep. but still, they still don't, you know, they don't have... You know, they don't see it. Yeah. yeah, they don't see it, and, and and I still struggle with that too. I mean, like, cause uh, cause cause you're thin now, and and yeah. you you left you lost the weight. Is like, do you still have? Because me personally, I still will be like on bad days, or if I ate poorly the night before, I'll still look at the mirror and be like, oh <laughs> god, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's mean, our mind playing tricks on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have that like um, fat guy mentality, but like, it's, me so it's it, it, it's weird. It's it's a weird uh, it's a weird thing, and it, it's almost the same thing where it's like people will tell you, it's like, oh, you look good, you look great, blah blah blah. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like, yeah, you gotta, and you don't feel that way. Yeah, yeah, but. But, I mean that that still happens to me too, but I guess the only reason why I don't trip off of it is because it's like, well, I'm married, so I'm not trying to pick nobody up. You know right, what I'm saying? So exactly. you know, and if and if some if I'm walking down the street and somebody's like, Oh, he looks sloppy, it's like, Well, I don't want you no way. I already got a woman. You know what I'm saying? So I guess yeah, I, I, I guess awful that of a human being to do that. Out. Right. Yeah, but yeah, like, right. but but no. In that hypothetical, exactly. It's like who who, who gives a shit? Like, I, I'm married. Like, I have a yeah, kid. I'm married. <laughs> it's like I'm well I'm beyond. Married. I got a daughter. Caring. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've I've gonna be married eleven years, and oh. like, I don't care if a woman looks at me and says, "Ew." Like I'm not looking at you <laughs> anyway. You know. Yeah. Yeah. To me, you're just a gargoyle. Like I don't I don't care. You know. <laughs> yeah for sure man so with uh um, yeah. so so then you're at home eating and playing video games uh you uh, uh did you start playing through the church did you like it was it something that was kind of pushed on you or did you kind of have um i didn't want to play bass at first mm. uh i wanted to play i wanted to follow after my sister and play drums mm. um but i suck at drums like i i can't <laughs> I just, I can't get like how people, you got drummers like, you know, Chris Coleman, who's from Saginaw, you know, or Darrell Jones or whoever, he's from Detroit. I'm naming people that's like from close to home, but you know, they're doing one thing with their left, one thing with their right. And then their feet are doing two different things. I I just can't do that. No, I'm with you. I'm with you with that. I can't do it. Like, so I, I admire drummers that that's why I'm fascinated by drummers that like can play licks and chops because it's 
that's hard. It's hard enough to like play a pocket, yeah. you know, and just play a groove. But I'm I'm so fascinated by drummers that that will sit up there and solo for hours because it's like, man, you're able to do all this stuff, all these polyrhythms on each different limb and not get confused. It's just it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. You know, drums were kind of first. I went out, my sister told me to get some Dave Weckley records. I got really inspired by Tom Kennedy uh, on a bass solo he took on the Synergy album, on the Synergy song, track number seven, I'll never forget. And that made me kind of do more research, you know, in the bass. And then I came across John Patacucci, and once that happened, mm. it was over. I, I made up my mind I wanted to play bass, so. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so you were interested in music, kind of, but but you, but like you want to... I, I like to, yeah, I like music. I like listening to music. Right. I've always had synesthesia and all that kind of stuff, and you know, I just didn't really know what it was until I started researching more about it. But I didn't care about playing the instrument. Wait, then, wait, I thought it, it was did, what, what did you say? Synesthesia. Synesthesia, yeah, like the colors thing. You know how people, some people they'll like associate numbers and letters or music with colors. Oh, okay. I've, yeah. I've heard of that. I've heard of that condition. I don't know if that's a condition. I'm yeah. sorry if it, I, I don't it's, mean to. It's, I mean, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I used to think it, I didn't used to tell people about it. Cause I thought it was like, I thought people, you know, like growing up, man, I thought they'd be like, Oh man, you're, you know, you're retarded or right, something yeah, like yeah, that. But for it, sure. it, all it is, is just like, it's like, a heightened sense and like a more intricate imagination basically. But the thing about synesthesia and even perfect pitch, they're not superpowers. Like now today people feel like it's a superpower if you got perfect pitch or if you have synesthesia, but the truth is anybody can get it. It's just perfect pitch is memory and synesthesia is imagination. You just, it's simple, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I tell people all the time, if, you, if you're trying to work on getting, you know, relative pitch or something like that, it, it literally is just memory. If you if you have a favorite song and you know how to play that song and let's say the song is in C, okay, if you really love that song, you can remember how those notes sound. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right, yeah. Remember that. And, and like, so, like, for example, I'm sitting outside in the car right now and... There's a, they're doing construction at this school across the street and the the saw is going, it's like wavering from down to B flat all the way up to like D. <laughs> it's just wavering. Like, but I mean, you, you know, I've played so many songs in these keys and heard so many songs in these keys. So when I hear that noise, it's like, oh, okay, well, that's B flat. Okay, that's A or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. No, it's simple, man. Well, yeah, my garage door when it opens is the opening, um, the opening line for uh, "All Along the Watchtower" Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Hilarious. So, that's my garage door. <laughs> but, but, yeah. okay, okay, I, I've totally heard of this of this thing. 
I don't know what you call it, but I've heard of synesthesia before, and I just I didn't yeah. know the name that put it to that. So so you had this since you're young, yeah. and, and so you yeah. already had a propensity towards it. It's just you had to mine it. So so how did you end up yeah. on bass then? I mean I mean you just you weren't good well, at drums, and then you're just like oh I guess I'll, oh yeah 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 you you said well, that you, you yeah said, I guess the pat once I heard Patatucci, I was right. like oh man that sounds dope. So and like when I first started playing bass, I didn't. I didn't even want to play grooves or songs. I just wanted to be able to solo. Oh, yeah. Like, I was so fascinated by how, like, chord changes would go by and Patatucci would solo over these chord changes. I was like, man, that's sweet. And then when I got a hold of Alan Holdsworth and Frank and Bali, uh, two crazy guitar players, rest in peace, Alan Holdsworth, I was like, all right, yeah, I want to be able to do that because... You know, Alan Holdsworth, he'll have a song that has like 50 chord changes and he'll just lightning fast blaze over every chord like it's nothing. And that that was intriguing to me. So that's what I wanted more than anything. And, you know, obviously I had to learn how to groove and stuff like that to play at church. But I just wanted to I wanted to be the guy I wanted to figure out, like, what can this instrument do, you know, that especially if people say it's not supposed to do it. Yeah. I want to do that. You know, that was my whole mindset. I want to figure out what this thing can do, you know, in spite of what everybody says it's supposed to do, you know? Hell, hell yeah, that's dope. I love that. I love that when yeah. people attack attack things like that, where it's just like, oh, you're yeah. not going to tell me I can't because I know that I am going right. to do that. <laughs> exactly, man. It's It's like years ago, you know, in the South, it was one thing for for somebody to put like chocolate on bacon, but you know, and all the rest of the world is like, oh, chocolate and bacon just don't go. But now it's like, oh yeah, no, this is a real thing. Or make a cheeseburger using donuts as the bun, like <laughs> that. That's a Southern thing, but now it's like, oh no, this is an actual thing. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. You just you do what you want to do, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, and yeah. and, and, and sort of, I think I feel like adding on to that, you gotta do it sort of to the fullest. If if, if you're gonna co like you commit, to. commit to that shit you because because chocolate covered bacon, I, I I'll be I'll be the first to admit, I'll be like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not doing, oh, yeah. that. I'm not doing it. But then if it's you're like, gonna do it, you gotta go all in for you sure. Gotta go all in, man. Um, um, Chicken and waffles, yeah. You know, Pancake syrup and spaghetti, yeah, you gotta go all in. <laughs> oh man, pancake. <laughs> okay, that one's in. a little beyond me. I'm gonna say that, but I would try it because I'm. I, it is I, I'm an eater. I like food. It's delightful. I well, do too. Okay, okay. Well, I'm gonna take it from you because you're a former fat. Because like, oh yeah. <laughs> because like, I, I listen to to people who uh, who enjoy food. Uh, you can't be listening oh, to like skinny ass people who are like, oh yeah, it's really skinny good. People don't have a clue. <laughs> they don't skinny know. Skinny people, unless, unless they're unless they're skinny and they could hang with me at a Korean barbecue, they, <laughs> I ain't listening to them. But <laughs> believe me, brother, I've I've tried I've tried some very interesting things, man. Like I used to put cereal in my ice cream, like. Oh man, I used to do all kinds. <laughs> well, of cereal stuff, and ice cream makes make... a lot of sense. Actually, I do that, like it's... fruity pebbles on oh, something. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, we're I'm with oh, you. Or man. either like I'm talking like cinnamon toast crunch uh -oh. and Reese's. Oh, with with like chocolate and cookie dough ice cream, 
you know, like put a spoon of peanut butter in there, blend it all together. Like that's, <laughs> I used to do stuff like that. And people would be like, it just takes so much preparation. Yeah. But when you taste it, it's <laughs> all worth it. But have you tried it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, I can't eat like that anymore. But <sighs> boy, boy, man, Yo, dude, I missed it. I'm seriously sweating from talking about it. <laughs> I, oh, me too. I'm sitting here sweating. Me too, man. Thinking about this, <laughs> this peanut butter. Me too, dude. Oh my god, that is that is delightful. <laughs> Incredible. So so then uh, so then you took to the bays rather well. Obviously, you took to the bays rather well. And um, and so <laughs> so what? How were you? Uh, how were is it, were you just a, a primarily a church player when when you were first cutting your teeth, or or did you start spreading out to definitely just all church, all church? Okay, so all church and yep. So then, uh, how far did you take it? Did you go and learn? Like, did you did you uh, did you were you trained? Did you take lessons? Uh, I, I know. Nope. No, I just the thing the thing like in the time that I grew up, where I come from, it was it wasn't like common for somebody like me to be able to go to a music school. Like, it was just you know, play at church and learn everything you can in church and just listen to a lot of music like that's where i come from in that day and age you know back in the early 2000s that's what it was this is before youtube and all yes. that so, youtube players you my know, goodness <laughs> yeah and i mean they're fortunate though like right. I, I definitely i can't i can't bash them because heck yeah i mean if we had that growing up we would have did the same thing exactly you know? exactly but like i i didn't i couldn't just log on to the computer and be like yeah what's a melodic minor and what is that i just had to just learn it by listening and then years down the line somebody told me like oh man you played a so-and-so and i was like a what and everybody still to this day they're like man how did you learn all this stuff without knowing the name just listen that's that's all i could do. yeah yeah exactly. you know and i mean fortunately gospel music a lot of the gospel music that i was listening to was so I mean, some of the stuff is like, like giant steps times a thousand. You yeah. know, like it's oh yeah, yeah. It's complicated. changes. <laughs> yeah, it's some complicated stuff out there. So that I, just kind of man, it, it it made everything else kind of easy, man. Yeah, no, I, I can like I always because I talk to a lot of kids who come from the church, uh, and. <clears throat> I, my experience with it, I had like a couple months where I, where I was playing with a Baptist church here in Toledo before I moved mm -hmm. out to San Diego. And it was like boot camp. That's why I always refer to it. It's, oh, yeah. It's like boot camp. I had no, like I thought I knew what I was doing until I walked into that church and had my ass handed to me. <laughs> and oh, it was yeah. like, and it was oh, over. Yeah. It was over. And I couldn't even hear the chord change. Like I didn't even know they were changing chords. I'm like, what? what are, you going, oh, yeah. are you going to a D major oh, yeah. or minor? And like, yep. it's like, no, it's like a slash chord, maybe. It's a major minor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a major yeah. minor. And a lot of times the church guys don't even know how to explain it. Exactly. And it. That was my, and that was my case because like everybody was yep. super high level players, but like couldn't tell you one thing about what they were doing. Yeah. And, and, and that, oh, yeah. and, and that can be a trap, which I've seen that be a trap for some players. And then I, oh, yeah, and then, yeah. uh, but you know anything could be a trap that's not it's not just oh yeah gospel i mean and it's and i mean i'll tell everybody like yeah I, i'm i'm a guy that started out learning by ear you know but if you can get to where you 
learn some, you know, some fundamentals of theory, it, it definitely, it just, it will let you know what it is that you're actually doing. You know, like I, you know, once I moved to LA, I was like, all right, man, let me figure out what exactly it is that I'm doing. And, and then when I started studying, you know, more music outside of the Western theoretical stuff, I realized like, oh, okay, so every place in the world basically has their own music theory, you know? So I learned that, okay, so Western theory is not just everything. Western theory is just mainstream. That's what is commercially successful. You know, Indian theory or Carnatic and Conical and all that kind of stuff, they have their own theory per each region of India. And yeah. a lot of it has nothing to do with Western theory, but I, I realized like, I can't discriminate against that just because it's not, you know, I, when I turn on the radio, I don't hear a Bollywood song. Like I'll just hear Taylor Swift or some junk like that. I can't discriminate it against that because of that reason, you know? Yeah, totally. So, no, no, yeah, I sure. recommend everybody like, cause it can be a crutch, man. If you don't, if somebody says, you know, play a D minor and you're like, I don't know what that is. You might be able to play it, but you don't know what to do. That can be a crutch. And then I've seen it where it's a crutch for the guys that can only play if they have charts in front of their face. They mm. can't play by ear and yeah. stuff like that. Yes, e yes. Either way, like you said, it could be, it definitely can be Absolutely. A absolutely. Yeah. And on the other side of the spectrum, you got like, you know, these classically trained players who have, yeah. you know, they're very, they're very astute when it comes to reading. Really and, and strict. All, yeah. Yes. But like once you step out of that realm and like you go to improv or, you know, improv, like jazz yeah, like, or whatever is wrong, it is. This is wrong. Yeah. It's, it, it, yeah. you see, you see the, you see the you see the struggle yeah, kick that, in. That's the reason why still the jazz and the classical guys hate each other. <laughs> Hundred year long feud. <laughs> it yeah. Oh my goodness. So okay. So then. Um, so in throughout church, you were in high school. Like what? What other things were you into uh, besides playing bass? Um, eating and. <laughs> drawing and watching anime and playing Marvel vs. Capcom and Power Stone. So, my my childhood, man, was really, <laughs> really simplified. Comic books and superheroes, that was pretty much it for me in high school. So, so did you have much of a social life? I'm just curious. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, I was cool. You know, I had a lot of homies, but I yeah. definitely was like that. I was like that cool nerdy kid, but at a time when it wasn't cool yet to be a nerd, like yes. now is the thing if right. you're into Marvel and into, right. you know, uh, superhero movies and stuff, you collect. Yeah. Now it's it's like, oh yeah, you're cool. But back when I was growing up, it's like... <laughs> that wasn't that cool if at you all. Told a, oh man, if you told a girl that <laughs> yeah. you like had action figures they'd be like oh you're a weirdo oh, you know what i'm saying uh, who was your who was your guy who uh who was your comic book your oh hero? well i mean i i love both marvel and dc i'm i'm probably slightly more of a marvel guy yeah um because i love the hulk and i love century and i love characters that like not a lot of people probably even know about like i love the runner i love the in betweener you know, like, yeah, of course I love Spider-Man and stuff. I, you know, in DC yeah. side, Batman, Aquaman, I love, I freaking love Aquaman. Even though people make fun of him, they don't realize how dope he is. <laughs> he can 
teleport for crying out loud. Like they don't, they don't show that stuff in the cartoons, in the comic books. They do though. Like he has whooped Superman many times. But uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I like pretty much everybody, man. Yeah. You know, I, my guys, cause I, I started with Superman as a kid. I collected Superman and then uh, oh, yeah. back when, um, and then, and then what was it? Marvel versus DC. I got like super oh, yeah. heavy into that. The crossovers. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And then uh, the what ifs. I always love the what ifs. The what ifs. Marvel what ifs. I love them. Oh, my God. Those are awesome. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nerding out here. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so, oh, yeah. So then, okay. So high school, did you did you end up going to any college at all or did you just go straight out to L.A.? How did that work? Funny story. So I was actually going to, because I loved the whole video game and nerd life, I, when I got out of high school, I went to work. I worked at Lowe's for like, I got a job at Lowe's because I wanted to get a, um, I wanted to get a base, uh, my second MTD base, a fretless. So I went and got a job at Lowe's so I could save the money to pay for it. And so I worked there for about a year, maybe close to a year. And then finally I decided, well, why don't I maybe go to school for something? So I decided to go to school for video game art design. But the catch was this. It was at a school out here in California. And so long story short, I called when I saw the commercial come on TV and I signed up. I had my own like representative that worked with me personally, me and my buddy signed up and I moved out here. I drove out here from Michigan, picked my buddy up from Ohio. And when we got here, we went to the school and I was like, yeah, I'm here to meet. I think her name was uh, Susan. Susan. Yeah. I was like, I'm here to meet Susan, you know, so I can get my stuff situated so I can start school, you know. And they was like, we don't have a Susan that works here. And I was like, no, you got to. You know, I I kept calling this number. I said, this is you guys' number, right? And they was like, no. And I was like, well, maybe you got my name on file. Gave them my name and all that kind of stuff. And this is after I paid for, like, my my application fees and all that, right? Come to find out, I got caught up in a scam. Whoa. That was happening for a short time. It was like these, these, like, technology schools and video game schools that somebody had, like, basically took the commercials and was intercepting the phone calls from people that wanted to go <laughs> and just taking their money. What the yeah. hell was that? Yeah, it that... was, like, some supernatural crazy stuff. Man. So I, I got caught up in that. So I drove all the way out here, and, I mean, I had been speaking to this lady for months. Oh, my God. For months. And when I finally got out here, I was like, yeah, so I'm in California. And she said, great, just come meet me on Wednesday. Oh, my God. She and had you covered. I was like, yeah, like, I was like, cool. So I went, me and my buddy went on Wednesday. We got us a little apartment out here. Didn't have no money. We got a studio apartment in Sherman Oaks, California. And when I went up there, they was like, we don't have anybody by the name of so-and-so. And this, and I was like, wow. Holy so I was hell. here. I just had to, you know, I had to stay basically. And I just, you know, got some little jobs while I was here in the beginning, worked at Costco and, you know, a couple places. So you were, you were, you were grinding it out. Like, and then all, so what, what was the, I mean, so what, what made you, I, I'm just, I'm just curious that, yeah, because I'm sure you were very 
very playing at a high level when you were going to California, like from Michigan yeah. to California. I'm just curious why you, why you, I, and I don't want to say rejected music, but I was just curious no, 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 why no. you were like, um, why, why music wasn't the f- top there or, or like, well, you know what I mean? Like I had like dreams. I did have dreams and hopes of doing it, but here's the thing. When I was younger, there were certain people in my ear that was like trying to tell me, and you know, this is all, this is all, you know, preference to the type of person you are. But in the beginning, there was people that was like, well, you know, you may not be able to get anything because you play a six string and you know, you, the way I'm able to play, like being able to play, not just bass lines, but the fact that I could play chords and the fact that I could solo, there was a lot of people that was like, well, nobody wants anybody that can do that. And, you know, I'm the type of guy I was listening to. Yeah, just because I'm a black dude that grew up in church, I would be driving down the street listening to some punk rock or country music or bluegrass or mariachi music. And at that time, it was not cool to do that. You know, like it was just like, People was like, "Oh yeah, you're not you're not in with the cool kids. You listen to rock music, you know." Right. So I I kind of had to deal with that, and that just kind of made me say, "Well, let me just find some regular work, mm. and then if the opportunity ever comes, then great." So once once I started getting little jobs out here, I I was miserable because I did want to play bass, and then finally when I started pursuing it, that's when I really got hit hard with people like you know, just dogging me out. Like, you know, you're too fat or you're, you know, you got a six string and it's, you know, what kind of bass is this? And I'll be like, it's an MTD. And well, what is that? And I'll be looking at them like, this is a boutique bass. Like, do you realize, you know, what you're saying right now? <laughs> you just need to get a standard so-and-so bass or what? And it's like, okay, my bass is, my bass is worth the amount you could put this on a down payment for a house and you're telling me I'm wrong for having this space <laughs> and to go get one from Walmart, you know, you want me to go get, you want me to, in other words, you want me to go get a $1,200 base and I'm walking around here with a $9,000 base, like a Bugatti and you're, you know what I'm saying? But this, yeah. this is just, this is one of those times in, you know, the millennial area where you, you had to look the part and you had to, you know, if you played a cheap bass or if you had a cheap keyboard and you got up there and was killing, that's what people Im- admired instead of you having like, in other words, you know, there's nothing wrong with a Ford Focus, but if you drove up in a Bugatti, people were looking at you like you were stupid <laughs> Yeah, back then. Yeah, wow. Now it's the thing. Now well, yeah. it's the thing, like... Oh man, he's got a Bugatti. Now it's a thing. You yeah, know, no, this was a it, rough time. It's so interesting because so. I feel like I, whatever it was, there's a shit. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure it's the internet, but like now there oh, yeah. is this huge appreciation for for talent and for and and for right. uh, and for like like you're saying like having a beautiful instrument and being able to play it beautifully. Oh, yeah. And uh, do you? I, <laughs> This might sound it's a little. The internet, man. You think it's mostly the internet, right? Yeah, it has it's to be. The internet it has to be YouTube yeah, I and feel all like that. Like it's just social media, man. Yeah, yeah you know, because you know, if you if you were a prodigy, and I mean, that's what everybody said about me when I when I started playing bass. You know, they was man, you you know, you pick things up so fast, mm. and I, it took me like 
I remember when I was listening to a Patatucci record and somebody walked up on me and was like, you know, you should, you should listen to some easier stuff because, you know, you may not, you may not be able to do this stuff ever in your life. It may take you 30 years to be able to play one thing that John Patatucci does. And this is like a few weeks into me playing bass. And I looked at the person and I was like, nah, I'll be able to get it. And three <laughs> yeah, or four months later, I'm, yeah, like, few months later i'm soloing and playing chords and everybody's like what the heck yeah. how yeah and i was just like well this is what i wanted to do you know but i i got dogged out for that though and and it was just at that time you know nowadays yeah if you see some kid that can just shred it's like oh yeah viral 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 you know and everybody's like saying how happy they are but the truth is i don't i don't believe everybody that says they're happy for the next generation yeah no well i I know there was a point where i was well no i remember coming up because because what you say is like some people just have like this huge propensity towards it like like super athletes like like people who are playing in the nfl like those people grew up they did it and and like they just had a natural gift that that just accelerated them above the rest because 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 the world's not fair because that's what because it's right. not fair I mean, this it is not and, and happens, so man. and so you you're able to just hear it and see it in your head in a, in a weird way mm-hmm. that's able, i'm sorry to call you weird but uh, but like in a way that you yeah, can yeah, no, that you can see true. it and, and apply it and, and be very focused with it whereas like someone like me it's like i had a natural ability for it but like i didn't have i, I didn't have that I, I don't feel like I have that level of, of even commitment even because I love playing music I and I love mean. practicing and stuff. But like I, I just it's not in me to be like and plus I'm a multi-instrumentalist, which makes things a little bit more complicated, especially spreading yeah, time yeah, with yeah. practice and stuff. But yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I you uh, know what it is, though, bro. Yeah. You know what it is. What I realize the, the, the older I get and the more things I see. There's everybody, every human on the earth has a, like a supernatural gift, everyone in, in some area, they just may not discover it. Like, like for example, okay, yeah, I know I can play the bass. I know I can play the bass and there, there may be other bass players. Maybe they're not able to do what I can do, but maybe they're just really good at business or maybe they're just really good at counting. It may be something crazy, like maybe they're really good at decorating. Like, I got a cousin that's a musician, and he's he's a producer. He made so many dope beats. He's got so many platinum records and stuff like that. But he's phenomenal at interior decoration. <laughs> How random is that? <laughs> that is right. Is this, is this Nissan or Rapture? It's Rapture. Like, Rapture. He just has an eye, I mean, he just has an eye for it. He just yeah. has an eye for it. That's and crazy. I mean, you're talking about the guy that made Aaliyah rock the boat. Right, right. You know, I mean, it, but it's like, of course, he still has his gift for making music and playing music. But I, I realize, like, everybody has something. It's just, I can't discover what that something is for somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Of course not. Yeah, no, and and, and so, it's, it's yeah, yeah, and it's crazy. Some people just never even get a chance to discover. They that. never even get. The I absolutely, I man. absolutely agree with you. It's almost something, and I, I'm not trying to turn anybody off by saying divine, but I feel like there is some sort of it divine is, purpose within every soul 
that 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 if they can find it and they can and, and they can really yes. work at it, like they can be the best or or whatever it is, they can they can do they it could to be the fullest. The best them. Yeah, and and, and that's they exactly right. Yeah, and we get caught up Absolutely. in our in our jobs at Lowe's, and we get caught up in our office. And we get job. caught up in competition. Competition. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, like. You know, I, I do believe it's divine, man. I think that God gives everybody something. And if we just spend some time trying to figure it out, you know, like, I mean, for crying out loud, I used to draw. I thought that that was going to be my career. I thought that I was going to either be an artist and be making, drawing video game characters, or, you know, I would have got a job as a as a artist for Marvel. This is what I thought when I was a kid. Or either I thought I was going to be a veterinarian or some junk like that. Or either a chef. I I can't even draw anymore like that. Like, it would take me so long to get the skill back like how I used to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can cook. I can cook like a mug, though. I can definitely cook. So that ain't going <laughs> yeah, to For sure. For <laughs> I can cook. <laughs> yes, but, yes. you know, it's just, I just, I realized, like, okay, the base is it for me. And not playing bass like anybody else. I just do it the way I feel I should do it and what makes me happy, you know, like, yeah, I got, dude, I got dogged out so many times. I still do. Like, people are like, this guy plays chords on the bass. Bass is not supposed to play chords. And for me, it's like, well, there's some frets here and (laughs) I like the way it sounds, so I'm going to do it. You can talk about me as much as you want to, but... I don't care. Well, I love I love that approach you did with that song uh, you did with Janelle, uh, Janae. I'm sorry, Janae Aiko oh, Janae. on yeah, your yeah, album. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot the name of it. But like that's missing love, missing love. Mi- yeah, that that that's you playing court and it sounds so beautiful yep. and it falls right perfectly into uh, janae's voice and like it's like yep. so is it uh can we play yeah. that song so so people can you check can it play out? anything you want to man anything <laughs> all right well do you mind introducing anything the song yeah so the song missing love dedicated to my parents uh that passed away from can- uh cancer featuring janae Iko.
That that's that that was a very profound thing you just said before we threw to a to a song. Oh yeah. Um. You're, oh yeah. But I I just recently had my aunt. Actually, last week she just passed away from lymphoma. And, sorry to hear that, oh, man. man. It's a it, it's a horrible disease, man. So I, I yeah, I, yeah I, I'm is. sorry for your loss as well. You lost both of your parents. Mm-hmm. Ah oh, man. Yep. That's that's rough. My father first to colon cancer, and my mother. A uh, couple years later, to pancreatic cancer. Uh, how old were you when this all happened? So my dad passed away. I was nineteen. Oh, shit. yeah, I was nineteen. And then when my mother passed away, it was two thousand seventeen. I was thirty-one. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm a, it, it's uh it's strange. Yeah. It's strange losing your parents when you're young. Because I lost my father oh, a few yeah, years man. ago too. I was like 26, and so like it was a, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a, it's just like you feel like you get, especially when you have your own children. Is what I've oh, noticed yeah. is the hard part where it's just like wow, your grandfather would have just, you know, just thought you were oh, the yeah. shit. You know, like because because absolutely, my, man. Oh my god. Uh, I'm getting teary eyed. I'm sorry. I'm getting. I'm getting. Oh no, I I get it, man. Oh, I, mean, right. I, I look at my daughter every day, and I just think to myself, like she does little stuff. 
Yeah. And and I'll just say to my wife, I'll just blurt it out without even realizing it. Like, man, my mother would have loved her. My father would have been cracking up, you know. But yes. And then you see, it's, like, it's pieces of them in them, right? Like, yep. like I see pieces of my father and my son all the time. My mother. And, all the and time. It's, it's, a, it's so crazy. It's like it just travels through genetics it's, and, and something else. Does, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So you uh right. so then what was the tipping point or what was the jumping off point for you to be like hey I'm going whole hog into being a bass player uh while you're out in LA you got um, duped you're working uh you know like yeah. you're, you're trying to figure <laughs> things out and you're not liking what's going on so what was the launching pad for you and and getting back into and really getting into bass cuz at this point you've only been playing um um in the church is that correct? Yep. Okay. And I'd only been playing for, let me see, five, six years. Oh, my God. <laughs> five years at the time. Yes, I don't even no, plan bass is, for about five years. This is why I used to be really jealous when I was younger of, like, like kids <laughs> like you. It was kids like you who were just like, oh, like hell no. I'm over here uh, really putting in hours. Like, this dude's just walking uh, right out of the state. But obviously <laughs> that that feeling is just, that that is such a dead end to, to pursue. Like being <laughs> jealous of people for being great. Oh, it's yeah, like, that yeah, is yeah. such a silly endeavor. But uh, it, yeah, I'm long past that shit. But <laughs> so, so <laughs> but, oh, man. but it, but so, Five years into play bass, you uh, what was you're in L.A. You're not liking what's going on. What what was it? What made you you know what, well, what got you back into and especially uh, uh, secular music, right? Non secular, yeah, really yeah, secular. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, secular, yeah. Well, and it's funny you mention that because in the beginning I didn't want to do anything outside of outside of gospel because. You know, I just, I just, I didn't really know what to expect out there. And what I realized is if you, even if you take, you know, I don't want to get super deep into scripture and stuff, but Jesus, Jesus didn't preach to the people that were already followers of him. What's the point? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you, it's like you cooking a meal for somebody that already ate, like they're, (laughs) they're full already. You know what I'm saying? Like, unless you're me. You know, that's a different story, but, never full. you know, yeah. yeah, like I'm never full, but on that same thing, like, so I realized, well, if I can be an example or not even necessarily just trying to preach to people all the time, but if I can encourage somebody, it, it, it will be much better if I'm encouraging the person that's maybe struggling in their mind or in their life. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that doesn't necessarily have the the type of comfort that I know I have because of my, my faith in God, you know what I'm saying? So when I realized that I was like, dude, like everybody, everybody needs help, whether you're in church or not. So, and then, and then too, like to go into the side of like, what made me kind of want to give this thing a go, give it a go, mate. What made me want to give it a go? (laughs) (laughs) Give it a go. You know, what made me want to do that was I had a lot of talks with Andrew Boucher, man. He kind of, ever since I met him in my first NAMM show, he just, he kind of took me under his wing and he was like, if you ever move out here, reach out to me. When I came out here, I would go to his house. Like some days, man, I wouldn't even have any money. 
and I would have like a couple bucks for gas, but I would just feel the need to listen to him because I mean, that dude has experienced so much and I would just put some gas in my car and be like, well, I'm going to go to his house, listen to him talk, come home and then, you know, just sit at home because I would be in between jobs. So I wouldn't have nowhere to go. And then I play at church, get some little money and be straight, you know, but finally, like, he had some talks with me and I was like, man, I really want to play. And he would be like, well, how come you're not working with this person or this person or this person? And, you know, at the time, these people just did not want to fool with me because I had some six room bases and because I was a nerd and because this is all true. It was the reasonings was because I'm a nerd. Number one, because I don't smoke and drink because I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm too much of a church boy. Goody two shoes is what they call me. You know, he don't, he don't be, he don't be trying to have a good time. Like I, I just don't drink. You know, I love to have a good time, but I just don't drink. I don't smoke. You know, I'm a nerd. I'm I'm like the epitome of a square, you know, like, (laughs) and people, people really, they frowned. Like they looked at me sideways for that. And then, Oh, he listens to country music. Oh, yeah, he 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 wouldn't be able to handle himself. He wouldn't make it out here. So there were people that was actually trying to prevent me at any means necessary, you know, of the opportunity to get in this industry. So there was guys going around L.A. saying, don't hire him to play, not even at church. Like, don't call him for any gigs. <laughs> He's too much of a square. Oh, man, wow. dude, some of the stuff that some of the stuff that got back to me was so hurtful and it was people that was really close to me. Wow. You know, like some people, it was people that I thought that, you know, was really cool with me, but Goucher was just one of those guys. He was like, man, don't listen to that stuff. Like, you know, they talk about me playing six string and, and I grew up in an era where all there was, was a four string. And he said, I play a six string because we didn't have the opportunity to back then. And he said, if we had it back in the day, I would have played it back then. Yeah. you know and he just was like you just gotta stay who you are and don't change for nobody man and he said and what end up happening is you'll get your opportunity and as long as you stay who you are people will respect that and so i just was like well all right and and i came to a fork in the road man where like i was about to give up and i was gonna quit man and even trying and and then i said well if it happens, it happens. And then finally one day he called me on a Sunday afternoon, man. It was like around two something PM. I went to my girlfriend's church before we got married. This was years before we got married. And um well, not that long, two years. But I went to see her after I got out of my service and Goucher called me and was like, Hey man, what's going on with you? I got, you know, he was telling me about this jam that he got. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll come through, man. And he said, who are you playing with now? And I was like, nobody. And he got furious. And he was like, what do you mean? And I said, I don't have no gig. And he said, how do you not have a gig? How long have you been out here? And I was like, Oh, about a year. And I don't know, a year and four or five months. And he just started going crazy. Like, man, you mean to tell me you ain't done nothing. I was like, nah. So, and he started naming all these people. Like, you ain't worked with so-and-so and so-and-so. And I was like, nah. And he said, why not? And I said, well, according to what I've heard, they don't like me. And he said, why? And I said, well, because they said I'm too fat. And because I play a six-string. And because I don't do drugs and stuff. And he just, he was furious. So he, he was like, man, let me call you back. And about 40... 
five, 48 minutes later, he calls me back. And as soon as I answer, I said, yeah, what's up? He said, yeah, man, I got you on sleep skid. <laughs> and I was like, huh? And he said, I got you on sleep skid. They're going to call you. He said, I called my boy and they're going to call you. The gig is yours. Wow. And I was like, well, it, uh, like, I don't get it. Do I have to audition? He said, no, just the gig is yours. That's it. And I was just like, wow. I mean, but we don't call Bruce the Godfather for nothing. Like, if that dude calls you and tells you something, you better do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So wow. whoever, you know, it's, it just is what it is, man. But Gooch put me on, and they called me a few months later and was like, are you ready? And I was like, oh, well, where are we going? And they was like, we're going to Europe. Do you have your passport? didn't even have the money to get my passport and I didn't know that they were going to Europe. So I missed that tour. That was the tour that Snoop got jumped in London Heathrow airport by the police, by oh, Interpol. Dang. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Thundercat was actually out there for that. Oh, okay. And, okay. Nice. But he was doing suicidal tendencies as well. So, <laughs> um, so awesome yeah. That guy. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That is funny, man. I've known that dude for years. But, yeah, so a few months later after that, they called me. Cat was out doing suicidal tendencies, and that was it. That, that was that. That was it. <laughs> so how old yep. were you at this point? I had literally just turned 21. Oh, my God. <laughs> when they called me the first time, I was 20. When they called me the sec- second time, I was like a month in. <laughs> yeah wow okay okay so you're 21 and see i just like knowing me at 21 and and being in that position i i know i would have flushed away because i was the exact opposite of of that i was Mm -hmm. like drinking and carousing and i was calling myself i was pretending like i was a musician but really i was just an alcoholic ruining people's gigs so (laughs) that's not that's not how it worked but um but so but so i can't imagine what kind of like mind trip that is like what what is that like how i mean because like you're going from nothing like you're not playing gigs you're mm-hmm. you're just working you know shitty jobs that you don't like and all yep. of a sudden you're stepping onto a state like a fuck it you know you're doing probably amphitheaters and shit like what dude it was amphitheaters and super domes yeah and stadiums and exactly private so- jets and it was girls everywhere and i had never seen alcohol before i had never seen weed or drugs before um obviously with snoop it's just weed like that whole camp they don't fool with nothing else but weed that's great um he is (laughs) he is like the ambassador of weed and and but i mean i hadn't oh yeah but like (laughs) i had never even seen what it looked like you know when i the first time i saw it i thought it was like brussels sprouts or something i didn't know <laughs> what that, i didn't know what that junk was man no i and, got you, and, you know, that wasn't the life yeah. you were living yeah i mean you know like no shade yeah do your thing yeah, you know man, but that, i just didn't know what it was, was. yeah no that wasn't and I, That's all. I walked in the dressing room one one after one show and there was this big old mountain of it on the table and i was like what is it broccoli i like i didn't know what it, and i walked over to it my Mind you, I'm a kid from Flint. Like we didn't have that stuff. Right, it's all Mexican up. dirt weed, which you don't know yeah, what that looks like, like either. But 
Exactly. It was like some Reggie and Flint. Okay, and, there you, you know, go. You know the lingo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I know all about the Reggie and that Michael that you got that Carl. I know all about that junk. <laughs> Bad weed. Or Seth. Right. Stress. I know about all Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, man. Walked in the dressing room and I was like, is this a big, and it was a huge mountain, dude, like a foot tall. And I was like, is this broccoli or brussels sprouts and and i got closer to it and i was like it's some kind of and i looked like some of it looked like kind of like green with different colors like browns and stuff in it and i was like is this okra like i just didn't know what it was (laughs) i just didn't know man and i smelt it and i was like wait a minute is this weed and then they came in there and started rolling it up uh, and I was like, oh, this is weed. Okay, okay, okay. And they started smoking, and I was like, oh, it doesn't smell bad. You know? Yeah, it's, but, it's yeah, pleasant. That was, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, that was it, man. You know, so. How did how did they, how did trip. that camp receive you? What, what did, what did you, was there a lot of, uh, a lot of roasting, or was it just like, yeah, hey, whatever? Nah. I mean, they, honestly, man, it's, Goucher was so right, man. If you, if you just truly, who you are, then the people, the people that are really in this industry and are, that are really doing it and making the moves, they're the ones that will respect you. But the guys that are faking it and just trying to act like they're making moves, you know, putting up their flashy picture, trying to make it seem like they're balling and stuff. Those are the guys that always have something to say, but with snooping them, man, I kid you not. One day, like we had been out on the road for about a week and a half and I'm, you know, I'm a nerd. I brought my Nintendo DS with me. So what I was doing was after the show, I would go to the dressing room and Snoop would either get KFC chicken. This is in Europe. He only trusted KFC, McDonald's or pizza. Um, So I would grab like two buckets of chicken and just go back to my room and play video games and watch cartoons on whatever foreign channel. You know, this is what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. So one day, Uncle Rio, Snoop's uncle, called my room and said, Buddy, where you at, man? You can come on down here to the room. And I was like, oh, man, I'm cool, Uncle Rio. He said, no, 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 Snoop. Snoop said he feel a little strange, man, like you, like you don't want to talk to nobody. Come on to the room now. I got I got chicken and this catfish and everything here. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm well, definitely coming. I'm on my way. So... Oh, I was on my way. So I went to his room and it was, they were sitting. It was like this round table, big round table in his suite. And they were all circled around it. And so there was a seat next to Snoop. And I just sat down next to him and he gave me dab. He said, glad you finally came around. Nephew, you good? Don't worry. We ain't going to bite. And, you know, they were just making jokes. You know, and he was like, you always welcome to come to my room. Like, this is what we do, nephew. We come here, we eat, we play video games, we smoke, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, cool. And then um, the blunts, they were just rolling up blunts and passing them around. So the blunt got to me. He was passing it to me, and I was like, oh, I'm cool, man. And he was like, you don't smoke, nephew? And I was like, nah. And he looked at me, and he said, that's good, nephew. Keep it like that. More for me. <laughs> and he hit, he hit it a second time before he passed it. <laughs> and ever since then, they just, like, nobody said nothing. They were just like, nah, you don't smoke. You don't drink. You know, <laughs> that, that's it's just that's incredible. it was cool. They didn't look at me no other kind of way or nothing like that. They didn't bully me or 
Like, it wasn't no kind of peer pressure. You yeah. know, it was just like, dude, if you no. don't smoke, it's all good. You brought up a really good point. Um, people, like, the real, like, the real players, like, the real people who are doing, like, real, making real moves, they generally oh, yeah. don't have time to put people down or, or, or talk do shit because they're busy they making moves. They're doing right. shit. And, they're doing stuff. And while you're over here talking all that shit... That you exactly. fucking, you're over here passing the blunt, you know, get <laughs> Snoop Dogg yep. is like trying to pass you a blunt, and that's fine. I, 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 I think that's yep. a great piece of advice to people. It's like just watch out for people who talk a lot of shit because they're probably to, not, man. they're probably not, they're probably just not people who you want to even talk about and or hang out with exactly. or associate with. Even if they're just talking, talking about other people, especially to like, I I don't, it makes me uncomfortable when people are just like, oh man, did you see him? He he sucks and blah, blah, blah. I'll leave the room, man. I'll leave the room when I hear that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a very uncomfortable thing that I, I don't appreciate, and I just don't. It's, I don't like it. And, and it's like, and, I, and and I'm not saying I don't talk shit, but like my shit dog is very <laughs> light, and it, yeah, sometimes it's one thing if you're sometimes. doing it in like a comical way, right, right. You know, about one of the homies, like yeah, so and so got his so and so, and then when he walks in, y'all are laughing, like yeah, we heard, and he's like, oh, come on, guys, right, you know, right. like that's one thing, but. Right. When you're actually literally like spreading stuff about folks, yeah, nah, that's why. No, it's it's horrible. And another thing, the guys that are doing all of that talking, those are the guys that's trying to do everything they can do to fit in. Yes. Like th- those are the guys that actually don't like smoking, but they started doing it just because they wanted, you know, the artists to think they was cool. And the truth is the artist doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. More the for me, nephew. Care, man. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like more for me, you know. Like yeah. Snoop was like, "All right, cool." We never. He was on some like, "I ain't never got a key, none." Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's it. You know, so, so, so you yeah, uh, man. you were with Snoop for a long time, weren't you? For a good amount. Oh of time. yeah. Basically, up from 2007 to like the last time I played with him was 2017, before I went to Japan for about a year. Oh wow! What what was that for? Uh, that was with uh, some J-pop artists. Oh, okay, okay. Well, who, yep. who was the artist? They their name was Exile the Second. They're they're like a huge, huge J-pop like a boy band. It's only two singers and then four dancers. Oh well, that must have been a treat for someone who uh, who loves anime so much. Oh man, it was marvelous, dude. I mean, and, and like so, the tour was basically a little. It was like nine months, but. It was only 32 shows spread out over nine months. So, oh, wow. I was like, me and my wife and my daughter, we were out there in Japan chilling. Like, wow. Chilling. That's awesome. You got to take your whole family with you. Yep. Had them there, man. <laughs> That's, that sounds yep. amazing. So, so what was, uh, what, so was that your first time to Japan when you went, when you toured it? Um, not no, not that time. My first time there was back in 2012 with this other J-pop artist. Her name is I. She's actually the person I was in Japan with uh, last week. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Before, I saw rather. those. Uh, I saw those those soloing videos that you put up. Those are those yeah. are amazing. I just could throw that yeah, out there. Making weird faces. <laughs> yeah, making weird faces. Weird faces. <laughs> You're like, I'm not the only one making weird faces. Okay. Definitely Back not. Back up. 
Becca. But I embrace it though. I embrace it. Yeah, because that's just that's just a natural reaction to whatever you're whatever you're channeling. It's just that's just what oh, my yeah. face that's is doing, it. bro. I don't I can't help that. Oh yeah. I can't help it, man. <laughs> can't help it. Okay. Can't so, help it, man. Okay, so I know you work with Lupe, and and you know. I, by the way, yep. at this time, I um I was working with one of your cousins in San Diego, um not throughout this whole time, but like really, yeah, your cousin Herschel, uh, Herschel. Avery. Oh, Hersh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I was working with him, and he's actually the one who told me about you. And so oh, I've been okay. kind of I've been kind of following your career like since the start, and I didn't realize at the time that you were just walking straight from the church straight on the Snoop Dogg's tour because that's Man, dude, that's literally that's interesting that's very interesting so that during that time I was out in San Diego and I was playing with Michelle so I just thought I'd throw that little tidbit in there wow that's crazy <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. Oh yeah, Herschel, man. He's he's an old buddy, man. I love that dude. Uh, That's crazy. Uh, so, so where were we? We were <laughs> you. Okay, so I know that you played with Lupe Fiasco. What? What? Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Um, that was dope because Lou, um, Lou was from Chicago, so it was like some Midwest connection. There you go you know, vibes there. Very cool. And Lou is like really big into anime as well and martial arts as well. So we immediately hit it off. Like when I found out, like, you know, I had listened to his music before I started playing with him. But when I found out that he was into Street Fighter and martial arts, like Lupe, like physically himself knows pretty much every form of martial arts. Like he can do it. Dang. Yeah, like he's been training for years. Still to this day, he trains in like Bushido and he just was in China not long ago redoing his Shaolin training. So northern, eastern, southern, western Shaolin. That means like, you know, crane, bear, monkey, cat, tiger, uh, snake style, you know, spider style, tool style. He, He knows all of that crap, all of it. That's that's incredible. Like, like what is what, how does so he have awesome. the time <laughs> to do that? Like how is that? It, it's you know I guess like from childhood because his father was a master. His father was oh, a wow. master in, in a bunch of different stuff. So he learned under his father and I guess some of his father's friends, and they just taught him as you know growing up as he was a kid, and he became this prodigy rapper. But still to this day, he still trains. Like this dude puts up videos on instagram and he's training his his kendo and kempo and bushido like this and he has the full-on like the hakama and everything that and he has samurai sword like it's it's legit serious oh man now i'm gonna so, have to go follow lupe fiasco <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's Lou, what, Lou is a beast that's what that's like, what i gotta do now oh um, he's a genius but he's a nerd too like one of my birthdays this cat bought me a Jedi bathrobe and I was just like, Lou, you get me. Like, you understand how joyful I am right now that you got me a Jedi robe. Like, I'm very happy. (laughs) (laughs) Very happy. Lou gets it. He gets it, man. He gets it. So what, so how long were you, uh, how long were you playing with Lupe? How long did that? Lupe. So it was one point where I was toggling Lupe and Snoop for like, three years straight i started playing with lupe in 2008 oh, okay 
Um, and at that time, I still was playing with Snoop full time. But every now and then, like if if I could do a loop a game. Yeah, 2011 is when I started playing with him full time. Oh, okay. Okay. And I played with him for so basically from 2008 to like 2000. I think we did our last show together in like 2014 or something like that. Yeah, so it, it was it was a, a good little chunk, good little chunk of time that I worked with him. I still keep in touch with him though. Lou, Lou is cool. He's always been good people. Oh, that's very nice. The, when, yeah. did, when did uh, when did you start shedding the weight? I was curious about that. Um, so let me see. 2014, I did that one show with Lupe when I got back from Japan. Uh, and then it was more of like a reunion show because he hadn't used the band in a while. Mm. Oh, it was like a- some festival. He was doing a D- the DJ thing, and then. I feel like, yeah, at the end of 2014, that's when I met Janae Iko. Oh, okay. And that's when I started playing with her. Oh, nice. And, and yeah, I know. I know Janae Iko just recently sort of had starting to have traction. Well, not starting. She's obviously she has yeah, like yeah. <laughs> she is. But so, oh yeah, she so got major hits. When uh, dude, that that triggered song is so I've. My my wife Blazing. is super into today. I go so like I I get to hear her a lot, oh, but yeah. it's uh oh yeah. But uh, were oh so, back to the weight thing real quick. What what was yeah, the, yeah. what was some of the things that you were kind of doing? Like what what was the decision to like or was there a decision? Like what what was what kind of got you into triggered me losing the weight? Yes. All right. So the weight thing. Two thousand eight in Denmark on tour with Snoop, getting ready for a show to the shower, putting on my socks. My heart starts beating really crazy. My body got all stiff. I started sweating a lot, breathing hard, trying to breathe, actually. I was oh. trying to breathe. I, I wasn't really sure what was going on. I guess I was getting ready to have a heart attack or something. Oh, my God. Um. Oh, yeah. So I was 22. And oh my God. at that point, I realized, like, I'm 22 years old, and I'm in a foreign country in a beautiful place. Denmark is so nice. And I'm about to have a heart attack and die, basically. So um, long story short, I definitely started praying. And I was like, Lord, don't let me leave here like this. Like, I had just proposed to my, who's now my wife. I had just proposed to her. I was like, man, dude, like, you know, I want to get married. I want to have a family. Like, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so yeah. it, Everything had kind of cooled down for me, and I was able to catch my breath. And I just was like, all right, so I'm going to stop eating crazy. So I said, what I'm going to do is, since I'm too big, basically, to feel comfortable exercising, I'm just start jumping around on stage like crazy. So that night, I jumped around a lot. And remember, I said, Snoop always gets either chicken from KFC or McDonald's nuggets or pizza. So I said, okay, well... Maybe I'll do the Atkins diet. So if he does pizza, I'll just grab like three boxes of pizza and rip the meat and cheese off. If he does KFC, take the buckets. I'm not going to eat no macaroni and no mashed potatoes and stuff. I'll just eat chicken and I'm going to drink water. McDonald's, I'll just take the meat out the bun or, you know, eat some nuggets or whatever. No fries. So this was my game plan while we were in Europe. I still had like three weeks left in Europe. 
And so I did that and I just started losing weight. I lost like 11 pounds the first week and I was still eating fried chicken, just wasn't eating all the other stuff. Right. Drinking a lot of water, jumping around on stage. Every blue moon, I would like, you know, because I knew the greasy food was probably not the best thing, you know, better than me eating cake and brownies and crap like I was previously doing. But, you know, it was a start drinking water and I would eat some food every now and then just to kind of cleanse myself. And, um, yeah, so that's the reason why I started the diet. And it took me like a year and seven months to lose about 200 pounds. Wow. So that's that, basically that's what really I did. That's quick. Yeah. Wow. So it just fell off quick, man. Yeah. Well, that it happened for me too, the same way. It was like right when I went out to yeah. San Diego, like, it's, and there's something about, I feel like there's something about like the West Coast that like you go out there and it oh, just yeah. comes off easier or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's yeah. the sunshine. Maybe because it's it's nice and you go out and you walk. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, it, and it's part of the culture out. You know, especially in Southern yeah. California, it's just part of the co- health is a huge part of the culture there. So it's a, a, oh and, yeah, and, and it's and it, you know like I try to explain that moving back to the Midwest, I try to explain it because here in the Midwest they just they hand you a piece of cake on the way in. So like it's it's yep, <laughs> it's all like heavy cream and, and bread so like the I, midwest is like the south it's just it's that southern hospitality vibe like everybody wants you to eat they want to make sure you get like so full that you can't walk yeah <laughs> yeah you can't sure. breathe you gotta unbuckle your pants yeah they want that <laughs> they do and, and, and then somehow they're insulted when you don't so it's like oh yeah <laughs> it's a very strange oh, yeah. thing but i, I get it oh, I, the yeah. midwest breeds some hardy folk uh, for like six yeah. months out of the year the environment is literally trying to freeze you to death so it's like you gotta yep. you gotta yep. you, you gotta you do gotta like you do gotta weigh your options when you it comes gotta to eat that. a bunch of gotta hot eat. chicken and <laughs> yeah. yeah you gotta you gotta eat a bunch of fatty <laughs> milky soup and stuff oh yeah man. oh but that that's been the biggest challenge coming back here is because there, we just got a whole foods here in toledo like this month oh yeah so, like like that's oh, yeah, that's what yeah. we're dealing with here but uh it's better that was the biggest I challenge man i was i was i came back and started gaining weight but ugh, i got that under control there but what were you saying i'm sorry yeah that's good no yeah i i totally did it man i mean you know where i come from everything was already organic so to come out here and see that they were doing like you could choose between the steroid chicken or the organic chicken it's like what the heck it it just don't have steroids but you know now i mean they're kind of feeding us that junk everywhere all around the united states yeah it's it's like yeah yeah no i absolutely agree with you uh yeah the they they, even when it says organic it's like that's not really what it means anymore yeah it's It's not true it's 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 horrible and and it's crazy when you when you uh when you find out in other countries that like certain these certain chemicals yeah it's illegal (laughs) it's illegal across the border man in, in canada like they don't Dude, McDonald's up there is phenomenal. Oh my god! Now it I want to eat some. It tastes so good, man. <laughs> its nuggets are so good. A burger tastes so good in Canada, but like cer- certain chemicals and dyes and steroids and stuff, it, it's totally illegal everywhere else except for here. And don't even get me started on Japan, man. Like they've never heard of salmonella before. Salmonella? 
They never heard of that. They never heard of mad cow disease. They they never heard of that stuff before. Like, okay, for example, if you eat a raw egg here nine times out of ten, you're going to be hospitalized. You might even die because it has some kind of bacteria in it. Dude, in Japan, that is that is a raw egg goes with everything. Yeah. It's not just like it's not just sushi in Japan. People think sushi fish. Dude, they eat everything raw. You could oh. eat raw. I've had raw chicken. I've oh. had raw whale meat. My favorite is raw horse. I definitely have ate a million pieces of raw beef, raw pork. I mean, everything you oh. could eat raw over there. Everything. You you like made my you made you you gave me goosebumps because I just was sitting Dude. here thinking of eating raw pork, and I'm just like. I, I couldn't imagine, but but it must be delicious. <laughs> the taste of a fine cut, like fine cut raw shoulder of a pork is unbelievable. Dude, I'm taking your word for it. I believe you. I believe you. And I'm going to try it now because of, because Dude. Bobby Lewis told me, because I know, I know that Dude. deep down inside Bobby Lewis is a little fat kid who grew up loving oh, food. Bro, so. Like, I, I'm with and you. That's the best thing about my diet. Like, because I just eat so much meat and vegetables now, like high protein diet, basically, mm. like I didn't, now they call it the keto, but it's practically what I've been doing the whole time. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So so this yeah, is something that you maintained for these years. Yep. All these years, man. Wow, and I mean, it, I didn't, I didn't break my diet until last year. Like, I was on my diet nine years before I actually treated myself wow what what was the treat why wow, when i went out to japan so before my mother passed away she was like bubby just all these years she's been like bubby just try something her and my wife and i oh no okay well i'll do it on my birthday and then my birthday rolled around and i still wouldn't do it and then finally my mother was like bubby just please for me i just want to i just want to see that you try something because it's been so long and I was trying to make it to 10 years, but nine was good enough. And my wife was like, please for me. So when I went back out to Japan in 2017, dude, I, I had everything. Like my first thing that I ate from breaking my diet was a Krispy Kreme donut. Oh, <laughs> dude, I was in rehearsal and the artists bought a couple boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts and they were like limited edition Halloween donuts. So, Bro, I took one bite, and uh, my buddy Bam, the guy that was playing drums, he filmed it. I took one bite, man, and tears just started rolling down my face, man. Like, it, because I'll never forget how good Krispy Kreme is, but to have it in Japan where they don't put the, like, the the poison sugar in there, like, it's real natural sugar, but it still had, like, that Krispy Kreme vibe to it, dude, tears were just. Wow. Falling all down my face, man. <laughs> That's and a I really beautiful moment. Oh, bro. <laughs> I cried, man. And I and I ate like four donuts and I just was crying, dude. Just crying tears. And I sent a video to my mom and she was so happy. Then I had like some ramen. I had cereal. I started eating Danishes. So out in Japan, I ended up gaining like 50 pounds probably while I was out there. Right on. So, <laughs> so you're like, this yeah, is like it. I just, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, like I started picking up weight like because my shirt started getting really tight. And my, I was wearing like a size 30, 30, 31 pants. And I was like, why is 32 feeling so tight? 
And I looked at myself and my neck was all fat and my back was all fat. <laughs> I looked all puffy and I was like, all right. So when I came home, I was like, let me get this back under control. So now I'm back down. But yeah, it was. It was worth it, though, man. I ain't gonna lie. That no, it, phenomenal. I, I I absolutely agree with you, and I still get well. I've, personally, I've tried the keto diet for like I did it for about a year and a half, but like I, I just yeah, yeah. I just couldn't keep doing it. Like it kind of started getting gross for me. But um, yeah, yeah. But like now, I still am like um, low carb. You know, higher protein oh, yeah. and vegetables and, and fruit and fruit. Like I, I, I do eat fruit and a lot, but I try to yeah, keep yeah, the yeah. carbs down and the sugar. Like I just can't have cake in the fucking house. It's just there's no way I can have. I, I don't buy I it. Like, <laughs> it does. If it comes into the house, if it comes to the house, it's getting eaten, and then I'm and then I'm. And then it's over. Then, then but yeah. but when you're talking about like like binging, because like, uh, like I feel like you know. That's addict shit. Like, like, cause I, I yeah, you know, like yeah. that's food addiction, and and I do, I do oh, have yeah. addiction. Like, probably, like I had to quit drinking alcohol, food. so it was like, yeah. so like for me, abstinence is the best way to do it, and and so like it, it yeah. seems like it's the same for you. It's like it's just keep it away, oh, yeah. <laughs> just keep it. Yeah, like I, and, it. and the thing now, like all those years, I I got to a place to where, I, you know, I could what I used to do to to satisfy myself. Mm. I would smell it in some kind of way that was able to satisfy me. Like people would bring cake around yes. me and they'll be like, Oh man, Bubby, Dude. you know, don't, don't cheat on your diet. And, and I, I built up this discipline where it's like, cool, just let me smell it. And <laughs> I would take a couple of whiffs of it. I take a couple of whiffs, man. And I feel like I ate it and I'd be like, cool, I'm good. Take me to Korean barbecue. I'm going to eat a bunch of meat. I'm straight. <laughs> Dude. So, same yeah, that's my thing now, thing. man. Same thing. I'll be yeah. putting my nose. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I snort the crap out of that junk, man. I like just recently somebody had what was it? Some uh, it was uh, it was like a Danish or something with like a cheesecake Danish. Oh my gosh! And it had like the the honey glaze on it. Oh my goodness! And I and I was just like ah, but I, I was like, let me smell it. I took like. A, a couple of huge bumps of that junk, man. Took a couple huge bumps, and then I was like, "All right, I'm good. Let's go get some chicken. <laughs> Let's go get some chicken." Is it? Yeah. I, yep. When I first quit drinking alcohol, I was doing the same thing with like with with good whiskey and stuff. I bet. Okay, yeah. okay, I'm good, I'm good. Okay, let's yeah. just let's move yeah, on that's now. That's not like Mike Tobias. <laughs> that's Mike Tobias. They love drinking whiskey and bourbon, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, don't. No, I gotta say, I was looking at because I was looking at those bases, man, and your signature series. My God, it's so beautiful, and and oh, man, thanks, man, and that's like, and it's and like if you're a serious bass player, like that is, that is like, I don't know, I I I would think that you after, yeah, I would say that that would be like the, I don't, I want I, the Bugatti, right? It's the Bugatti, right? Yo, would you say yeah. your signature yeah, series is the Bugatti of bases? I mean, yeah. When I was growing <laughs> I mean, up, like beautiful. where I come from, we didn't have we didn't have boutique bases in Flint. Mm. Like it was one store in Detroit that had like Tobias's and Ken Smith's, you know, maybe one Federa. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, and so yeah, like when I finally like got my hands on the MTD, I was like, oh my goodness, I get it now. I get it why like people will save up for years to get a base like this. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and like, 
I'm so grateful for Mike and Dan Tobias, man, because like I'm a I'm a crack addict for them joints, man. Like I'm trying to get a base every year if I can, you know. Yeah, man. It's it's uh that that it's it's, it's amazing, man. Like, it was, it, <laughs> what so it, uh, so you started playing with Janae, and then at some point you started releasing your own music. When when did you decide that you want? Because I started listening to some of your back catalog as well as as mm-hmm. is uh, Hero Dynasty. That that's right, correct? It's Hero Dynasty. Yeah, that's Hero the new Dynasty one. Is the new one. It's available yeah. right now, which is one. pretty yep. awesome. I have to say, like that first <laughs> song yeah. is like walking into Sonic fucking world dude it's definitely <laughs> sonic the hedgehog slash <laughs> mariachi music oh uh, dude uh and so like and, and you know for for somebody who likes to get nerdy like this is the perfect kind of music oh, can, yeah. can we play that song do you mind playing that song I, sure. uh, terrible Absolutely. names if you could introduce it for me or for us uh game of life game of life featuring brandon coleman and joe otis game of Thank <laughs> you. 
So so what was the so what was the what, what made you want to start doing your own music uh, especially as someone who's who's uh, a session player who's a, a hired gun uh, what was like what 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 triggered you to want to start doing your own thing Well I just I finally got to a point to where I I thought to myself it would be really cool if I could because I like the anime and because I like you know, film score stuff and video games, it would be really cool if I could make songs about it and play it and perform it. So, you know, I just had to kind of get over that, that courage hump, you know, and just say, all right, I'm going to do it. And then I put my first record out, um, uh, Adventures and Quests, you know, my, my having my daughter definitely inspired me to go ahead and finish that. And that came out in 2017. And then the second record, like once I put the first one out, I was like, man, I can't stop. Like, so I made the Hero Dynasty album. And I mean, this album has only been out since July 19th. And I'm already like, I literally just started the other day listening to some stuff that I want to do for the next album. So nice. So yeah, man, you just, you just got to discourage, you know, that's what made me do it. Just having the courage to try. Yeah, yeah, and and so what? What is your problem? Because the, your the songs, I mean, they all sound like Bobby Lewis, but like it, they do fluctuate yeah. in style and and sound, and there's lots of different John changes. Yeah, 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 exactly. What? Wh- how do you begin an album like that? And like because 
there's i'm just curious like it's because it's so um, far beyond me i'm just like oh this is this is incredible honestly man it's honestly what it is is you just gotta do it how you do it yeah like if, if you hear something that makes you feel good in your imagination and you have to think first to yourself do i do i actually like this and you have to not concern yourself with the the idea of maybe other people that think this is whack. Like that's the first thing you got to do. You got to throw that out the door. Like you have to like it first because what, what makes a true artist is when you give people you, you know what I'm saying? Like when you, when you're the music that you're making is a part of who you are and what inspires you and what you like, you know, like if you take a, let me just throw a random group out there, like uh, Bon Iver, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. When they first came out, you had some people like, what the heck is this? Like, it's like a bunch of sound effects and they're like, Ooh, like making, you know, like people were making fun of it. Yeah. But then people was like, man, this junk is actually really sweet because that is, that is who Boney Bear is. That is Boney Bear. Like, it's just different. It's right. something different and it's who they are. So, you know, I say that to anybody out there, like if you're in between on, you know, when it comes to songs, what you should put on your record and stuff, if you don't really like it, don't do it. If you're not really feeling it, don't do it. Because at the end of the day, you want to be able to put your music out there and you want to be totally happy with what you did. So yeah, like for me, I know that, you know, because of the way I played, there was a lot of people. I was just telling somebody else that there was a lot of people that were assuming, oh, yeah, Bubby, he's, I bet he's going to have a sick Jocko style record or Stanley Clark. And I'm like, nah, not at all. <laughs> like, you're going to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be so upset, man. I mean, in no shade to Jocko or no, Stanley, no, no. I don't want to do that. Like, no, they're, exactly. they're it's been killed. done. Yeah. yeah, it, that, yeah like, why they, do that same thing over again? if they've already done it, like, and there's, there's a million guys that are right now trying to be Jocko and stuff like that. If, if you feel like fulfilled by that, then go for it. But for me, I'm not happy with that. Like, I don't want to just put out a bass album. Like I just want to just put out something that feels good to me. So I like pretty much every genre of music. So that's the reason why the album has so much on it. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just, you got to be totally happy with what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I so. yeah, I absolutely agree with you. It's like if it, if it feels if it doesn't feel genuine, then it's not. Then no one else is gonna buy it either. Nah, it, it, nah, and they're not gonna feel that from me. Like, and just imagine, like, if I put out okay, like one time somebody said, "Man, you need to," you know, I know you like to play the way you do, but you need to do a record that's more kind of like Bootsy Collins or Marcus Miller. Hmm. And I was like, why? So people can be like, man, your album is nice. It sounds just like Marcus Miller. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. There's already a Marcus Miller. Like, right. and, and I feel like that's a dishonor to Marcus Miller because it's like he went out there and did something that was original to who he is. You know what I'm saying? Like, why try and rip off of what he's doing? Like, let him do what he's doing and let me figure out what I want to do, you know? Well, I, I just by talking to you for this last like hour and a half, like I can I like and and then re, and then thinking back to the album, it's it's such like it's a perfect match. Like like 
the way you talk, the yeah, way, man. the what you talk about, like what you're interested in, like you can hear it in the music, like video games exactly. and, and like and you know Japanese culture and and like uh, there's exactly. like it's, it's all there. It, it's it's very it's it's very interesting. It's it, I've never man. I've never talked. It, it's never connected so perfectly uh, with any other guest because like man. I've talked to a lot of people who like you know, like. You know they'll play music, but their personality almost doesn't match that. Like it, but yeah, like yeah, I, 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 know I, 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 I totally see it. I totally see where where it all meets up for you. Um, so and, I, I, oh, go please. It's, it's just no, no. I was just gonna say, and another thing, like you know, a lot of the messages that I say and that I have in my songs, you know, if it's something with lyrics. It's not that I'm just trying to be this positive guy, but what that is is it's like, you know, I'm I'm constantly trying to keep myself focused, and for me, I don't get anywhere if I pout about stuff. So, writing a song like I, the song "Dream" on my album, like that's just about me. Like, you know, I I see where I want to go, and I just want to just work towards it and get there. You know, so if I can tell somebody my story and if they leave and they're like, man, you know what? I feel inspired. Let me try and get my thing going too. Then mission accomplished for me. That's what I want, you know? Yeah, so. for sure. Should we listen to Dream? Should we Should we put that sure, on? Sure, uh, whatever, whatever you want. All right, well, then we're going to listen to Dream and we'll be right back.
So um, I, I had a I have a couple questions that are more like rapid fire rather than you know discussion for so yeah yeah uh, yeah so I, I i was i was uh, by the way dynasty hero is out now go get that pick it up you can get physical copies do you, you have a website correct you have- yep bubby www.bubbylewis.com hero dynasty is on all digital outlets and i got hard copies and all that kind of stuff yeah there, but yep so 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 go get that i highly suggest that it um uh and level up was it level up is that what it's called or what's the other one? Oh, one up one, one up. up i'm sorry yeah, i'm sorry up. that same thing same yeah. thing <laughs> yeah no i it, that was a, uh so go grab that uh but so uh let me see i'm sorry i'm, I'm i had to open my phone no, no, i no, had no, these questions good. written down here so so when it comes good. to practice i mean you're obviously a highly skilled how much time do you do you, do you devote a, a certain amount of time to practice every day or is it get in where it fits in or how what is your approach to practice because i because i i know that you you are an avid practicer correct like you you do somewhat okay it's what i realize now being a parent is hmm. it's not a situation where i can do it as long like what this is my motto if i if i touch my base every day and just do something then it it's it's a plus for me beat but what it is it's not i've learned the older i get it's not how long i practice it's what i practice mm. you know it's like for example you got people that will go to the gym and they'll be there for 4 hours but then you got a guy that just goes for one hour, but they get on the treadmill and they sprint for 30 minutes, you know, like fast sprint versus just getting on there and jogging for an hour. You know, you're still going to get something done. Right. No, you know, it just, it just depends. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. So that- I touch my base every day and that, and then too, but fortunately, like I'm usually always doing some kind of recording. I'm always shedding in between recording. If I'm on tour, definitely shedding and sound check and stuff like that like playing as fast as i can so i can keep my fingers in shape and all that kind of stuff yeah so i do believe in practice yeah well you know what i i remember that her herschel he had because he was doing a magazine for a little bit he had a uh uh, it was a long time ago, and you guys did an interview together, mm-hmm. and 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 that's where I got that, by the way, because at that time mm-hmm. you were like you were still like I think you were just like yeah, there's people who think that they don't need to practice, but like Definitely you know they to. think <laughs> they think that they get so good at something and they they let the practice slip, and and impossible that was that was that's where I was drawing that from, but you're absolutely yeah. right, I, I I totally am with you with that, and because once you do have a kid. Like sitting there and just you're not playing. able to practice yeah. for ten hours a day. You no, you can't. you have. And, and was that something that you would do? Would you just sit there for ten hours at a time, just just go in the town? I mean, when I was when when I first started playing bass, like that first year, hmm. you know, when I got out, man, when I got out of school for summertime in two thousand, what was it, two thousand one? Um, cause I got my base basically for Christmas of 2000. I didn't really start planning until the top of the year. Yeah. And like that summer, dude, I, I would like, I would just lock myself in the room and I would just shed all day. I didn't even know what to play, but I would just sit down and just practice. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanted to be, I wanted endurance and I wanted stamina and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, totally. 
So, you know, but still to this day, man, I mean, if, if the, just the other night I had to record some stuff, I was up at three in the morning, my daughter and my wife were asleep. So when I was done recording, I sat there and I practiced for a minute, you know? Yeah. It's like I'm up anyway, and yeah. I know my daughter's going to be getting up for school in a minute, so might as well just get something in, you know. To like, So, yeah, still do it every day, you know, anything, something. Something is better than nothing, but you're never too good to not practice. That's impossible. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I, I talked to this cat, which he's in his 60s. His name is Tony Green. He used to be, uh, he, mm-hmm. you know Tony Green, or know of him? Oh, yeah. He's a bass player. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tony... <laughs> I asked Tony, I was just like, so what do you practice? Because I have a question, which I'm going to ask you. And I guess this is a good segue. Uh, what what is um, What are some bad habits that you're currently trying to overcome or uh, bad habits that you've overcome in the past? What were they? Mm-hmm. And I asked that to Tony. He's like, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I'm good. Hilarious. That's it. That was it. <laughs> he was like, I'm done. I was like, that's that's awesome. I mean, he's like, you know, he's done his time. He's still working up in Detroit and stuff. But yeah, he, yeah. he, uh, but you know, he's just like, he just sits in the studio and jams, man. He's just that. He's he's a cool. He's really yeah. cool, dude. But uh, <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, so I, I guess this is a good time to ask you what what are some bad habits that you are currently, or maybe bad habits that you've overcome in the past. Um, I always give my example is like my bad habits is my left hand on piano is just is terrible. So I'm constantly trying mm-hmm. to work at that and trying to get over the bad habit of, of you know, just the bad habits that come with not having great two hand syncopation. Uh, so, yeah. so some, I guess on that line. Um, well, I got two. One is one bad habit is I have to take reading sheet music more serious i just recently tried to get back into reading i taught myself how Mm. but it was one of those things where as soon as i kind of figured out figured it out a little bit i was like all right cool and then i went on tour and didn't didn't need it in the hip-hop and r&b industry nobody snoop definitely is not like here's the charts for gin and juice (laughs) right that's not gonna happen you know what i'm saying so years of not even thinking about charging now if you put charts in front of me i'm like ah you know and i'm not talking about the cheat charts where they got like the the key above the chord right right type of chord so you could just you know if it's like an e7 you know it'll say e7 so i just know okay well yeah i can play an e i'm talking about the kind where it's just like like you know your bass cleft is full yeah (laughs) yeah like that's it like i if you did that and put that in front of me right now, I'm going down in utter flames. So that's <laughs> a bad habit. Um, that, that yeah, that's one right there. That's one. Well, that's a, that's a good thing to tell people too. Is that and that's what I tell people because I'm self-taught as well. Is like, dude, if you could read music, then like you got a really good chance. <laughs> You're like a step above. Oh, yeah. Like, like you got to oh, have yeah. the competence to go along with it. But like, you, but if you could read well, and if you could, especially if you read well and you could do the improv stuff, I mean, like you're just, yep. that's, that's where you want to be. Uh, but that's a great package to have. <laughs> that is a great package to have. Uh, and then, yeah. so, uh, what was the other one? Um, the other one was the early on, like, Early on, I used to, I used to only listen to like funk and gospel and R and B. You know, growing up, you know, black kid in Flint, Michigan, 
I like I used to I couldn't stand country music and stuff like that, but that all changed for me when I heard this song called Paint Me a Birmingham. Hmm. Um, by, I, I think it was Tracy Allen. I think it was Tracy Allen back in the day, man. And, and the song made me cry. Wow. It was so beautiful. And ever since then, I just went on this like drug addict spree of just searching for music from all over the world. So I like, that was a habit. I'm glad I was able to get out of early on. So it, because what I realized is there's a lot of cats that are a lot older than me. And they they hate on, you know, rock music or punk rock or bluegrass or whatever, but it's only because they, they didn't give it a chance and they can't play it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's one thing that I found in this industry, whether you can play by ear or read or whatever, whatever whether you can do that stuff or not, these people in this industry love a musician that's versatile. Yeah. And if you can be versatile, like, you know, it's one thing to be able to play at church, but can you go do uh, a Bonda music gig? Can you play some Indian music? Can you play some, some jazz? Can you play some smooth jazz? Can you play some straight ahead? It's it's a difference. Can you play some fusion? You know, it's, it's all different. You know, bluegrass and country are not the same. Like, you know, the, the issue in church is a lot of the musicians, if you were to ask a musician right now, not even just church music, just musicians, period. If you were to say, play play you know some salsa music they're just going to start playing something latin and then i'll be like okay but play something tamboa they're going to play the same thing if you say play some some bossa nova they're going to play the exact same thing as they played for the latin or mm-hmm. for the salsa music like it's so many different sub genres of that and the the more we discriminate against it the more racist actually becomes to the people that come from those places Mm. you know like arabic music is not indian music it's so different turkish music is not arabic music it's they they may speak in arab they may speak arabic rather but turkish music it does have elements of arabic music but it is it still has its own little thing because you know i'm not gonna get into the history and all that kind of stuff but yeah like it's that was one of the main things in my life that I'm glad I didn't fall into that trap of just, oh, this type of music sucks just because I don't listen to it or because I can't do it, you know? Yeah, yeah people people hate what they don't understand. And, I, I, <laughs> that's what Boucher told me. It's so true. <laughs> and, and like, and, and you know, I think I was watching, uh, I think I was watching an interview with, with you I think a couple of days ago when I was doing a little research before this. And, mm-hmm. um, you were talking with somebody about four string basses and then and then people who who were like it's four strings or get the fuck out which by the way tony yeah, green is yeah. tony green is one of those people i just wanted to throw oh, that I in know, there i know <laughs> i know you <laughs> but i know it but but, <laughs> but but what you were saying i think you essentially said the same thing is like people just don't understand it or they can't comprehend it they don't get it so they don't like it because they can't do it and and that's they just, can't do it that's it and, and like that's such a silly thing. It's just like it's just like me hating on kids who are who are great at a very young age who just get it, who can comprehend it, and and, and can apply it and focus and right. practice folk like 
have really focused practice. Me hating on them, well, well, it's because I couldn't do that because I didn't have that attention span or I didn't have that kind of commitment. Dude. It's my own deficiencies that that it's you're projecting exactly. onto other people, and and there's just so much. I mean, the, the, and, there's so much. And dude, and and there's so much of that. And and uh, another example of it is this. Okay, now let's say you don't like six string. That's totally fine, but what what reason do you see to promote to the rest of the world that anybody that plays a six string is a piece of crap? The reason why I say that is this. Here's the example. I don't like mayonnaise, right? Right. Okay, so when I go get a burger, I just don't get mayonnaise on it. <laughs> right. It, I mean, it's as simple as so. Now, look at this. It's almost 8 billion people in the world. There are a lot of people that like mayonnaise. So guess what? If you guys want to eat mayonnaise, go ahead. But I don't like mayonnaise, so I'm not going to get it. But I can't be mad at the people that eat mayonnaise. It just, how how dumb is that? So for you to be like, oh, well, anything more than four or five strings isn't the base anymore at that point. Listen, you you don't even realize those same four strings are on this six string. And I can still play things on my six string that you can't because you don't have the frequencies. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like in gospel. Like, you can sit up there all day long, four string, four string, four string, but I'm sorry. Gospel music, you kind of need a five string. You need today. that low B. You need that low you B. You need that low B. You need that low you B. Got guys like, exactly. <laughs> you, you, got, dude, you got guys like Goucher that ushered in him and joe smith ushered in tuning down to a low a or low a flat and i'm sorry it just sounds so good on some of these gospel songs with that low frequency Mm -hmm. your four string is cool but and then too if 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 in a situation like janae her gig required me to play chords Mm. i'm sorry but i i gotta use my six or actually to be totally honest, I have to use my seven. I have to. You had to. It, it, the job calls to. for it. It calls for it. The job calls for it. So if you walk up there on oh, seven strings, not really a, a bass, well, you can't do this gig. <laughs> and you're not going to make this money. You're not going to be able to do this. Yeah, that's... Simple as that. <laughs> it's simple as that. No, I, I love that. I love that. It's like... Because uh, I used to be in that same uh, that same thing where it's like four strings or nothing. But then you... Like, once you start... <laughs> once you start... Once you start listening to other kinds of music, especially when I was starting to get into gospel and, and starting to get into oh, R&B man. and all that, I was like, oh my God, that low B is everything. It's that like everything. Is, it makes you the do, song those I low mean, frequencies, man. And then like, I, I, I was... I toured with i still tour with a reggae band uh and that mm-hmm. and, and he plays a five string he's like he needs that low b Dude. there's just no way he could get past it because those low frequencies that low reggae. B is it yeah man that low b is it man uh okay so we're we're, we're we're wrapping up here um but i had a couple more questions kind of rapid fire um but mm-hmm. what are some what is a dream gig that has come true for you Dream gig that's come true for me, plan for some J-pop artists, for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. Yes. Uh, okay, what is a dream gig that you would, that you, that, what is still your dream gig? Like, what, for a future? Um, what would you, who, uh, or what? 
who or what, uh, I would love to get the opportunity to be composing films and video games and anime. I would like, I would love to, if they ever did, man, if I could be a part of a star Wars film, like, and work with John Williams or just compose period for video games or something. That's for sure. One. Okay. Okay. Do you think that you'll, do you think that you'll pursue that eventually? Oh, I'm doing it right now, and it's, amazing. it's definitely going to come. I don't know when, but it's coming. That's I'm amazing. not going to stop till I get there. That, love it, love it. Uh, what what's yeah. what are some of the things you do to warm up before a gig? Um, yeah, I eat. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I just I pray before the show that I that I do a good job. I thank God for the opportunity to do it, and. I grab my bass and maybe just start soloing or playing some chords to get loose and then go. Nice. And then what yep. do, what do you pack for for tour? Like what's the what what are the what are the the essentials? Um the least amount of clothing is possible because generally the artists will give us clothes or I know I'm gonna buy stuff when I get there, especially if I'm going to Japan, I'll just pack some basketball shorts and some sandals and a couple of chill shirts because I know I'm going to buy a bunch of stuff. But other than that, as far as tech gear, I take a couple of my pedals, GT1B pedal or my GT1000 or my SY300, or I'll take all three. Um, I take my recording gear so I can have it, you know, Yeah, that's like- pretty much it. Okay. Okay. So, wow, that's that's pretty light. I mean, and then plus your cabs and yeah. stuff. I'm sh- would, but that's not what you're packing. So, so like your pedal, your pedal board is small on tour. That I, I would, I was, I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know what I was expecting, but <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> but that's great. I, I love that. I love the idea that. Um, that you know how like it, it f- somewhere sometime it went from like half stacks and double stacks to like I just need to be able to have yep. this little combo with my bass mm-hmm. on my back and you know like you know that's it I'm just walking yep. to the, into the club with this tiny little combo it's like, I love that fact because because uh, yep. lighter is better for me that's just it it's just oh it. yeah i can't sure. say it. i play a nord so like i don't i do not like oh, extra yeah. weight it's like my nord is what oh, i'm taking with about it. uh okay oh yeah um so i, I like that i like that so uh but bubby i really appreciate you coming on the show and especially being so generous with your no time problem. and and uh you know it, it, you know thanks for working with me through everything and and go out of and course. get hero dynasty Right, Hero Dynasty. I, I always want to say yep, Dynasty Hero. Hero. Dynasty. I don't know why Dynasty Hero. Yeah, well, because Dy- Dynasty Warriors, the game. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? What I, I was just curious. The the mask. It was Dynasty what? Warriors. Oh, the mask. The mask. There. I I forgot about that oh, one. Oh yeah. But was was I, I just I'm curious. What's the reason for it? Well, it's a it's couple things the first thing is it's actually part of asian culture they do it in japan out of common courtesy because they don't want to give anybody their germs Mm. um not not the other way around not because they're they're not trying to get germs they're not trying to give anyone their germs and it's a fashion thing oh fashion thing out there too so that's part of me i love it i thought it made you look like bane like that was tight like i was just like yes you're out there shredded and you have the mask on and and your your pants and shit like i love it dude yeah i love it 
it's a fashion thing for sure. And then too, it's it's kind of like a anime thing a little bit, you know, to wear the mask. And and they do it in Korea because of the pollution from China. Oh my god! Um, China does it because of the pollution in China. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but Japan is it's literally just because it's fashionable, and they just don't want to give anybody their germs. Right on. Well, common I, courtesy. There it is. It's fashion and courtesy. I love it. Yep. Robert yep. Bobby Lewis, thank you so much for your time. Uh, H- Hero Dynasty is out now. Go get that. Um yes, and sir. and what what where where are you off to next? What's your next uh what's your next game? Um Well, next thing, I did just right before we got on the the call, I got to go do a show with Janae actually in a couple weeks. Then I got to come back home, rehearse for Japan and go back out to Japan for about 2 months and I'll probably stay out there till New Year's. Well, that so, sounds like yep. quite a New Year's. Well, oh, yeah. Well, right on, man. Well, good luck. Safe travels. And um, again, thank you very, very, very much for coming on and, and, and chatting it up with me. No problem, man. Anytime. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Bubby Lewis. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy, and the fact that you gave us two hours of your time is just just beautiful. So thank you so much. Go out and pick up Hero Dynasty, Bubby Lewis's new album. It's available now on Spotify, Tidal, Google Play, anywhere you stream your music. You can also go to BubbyLewis.com, B-U-B-B-Y-L-E-W-I-S.com. And get a hard copy, a CD. And I think he's still signing them. I could be wrong, but I think he's sending out signed copies. So I would suggest go get a hard copy if, if I were you. If I were you. Check out our sponsors, Moded. Moded is an embroidery and apparel website. It's actually modedhellamoded.com. You can find all kinds of great designs from the 90s. They got Wu-Tang patches with, with, it's a Wu-Tang patch with your favorite sports team's insignia within the Wu-Tang insignia. So it's like, it's like Inception, bro. Levels to it. You can also get awesome pins like uh, from Blood In, Blood Out or, or your mom's a Lyft driver. What? <laughs> Go to modedhellamoded.com. They're updating it almost every day and they do accept custom jobs. So, modedhellamoded.com, M O D E D H E L L A M O D E D.com. That's a mouthful, but you know what? That place is awesome. Thank you for sponsoring us. Uh, go check out WeSpeakEnglishGood.com. We are updating that all the time. Uh, it's 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 redesigned. Like like I said in the intro, it's it's not new anymore. It's not newly redesigned, but it is redesigned. So go check it out. We update it sometimes. You can rate us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps. Leave a comment. I'll read them on air sometimes. You can also write the show at wespeakenglishgood at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. What, what did you think of this episode? What did you, what did you think about Bubby's story about thinking that, that, that the big giant mountain of weed 
and 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 Snoop Dogg Sweet was asparagus. I mean, I thought that was hilarious. I was just listening back to it. I was like, oh shit. He <laughs> But you know what? He, he, he that that's awesome that he was he didn't have those distractions because especially in the Midwest it, you can easily get distracted by just becoming a stoner and, and and get high and do nothing with your life and just bitch about how terrible it is in the Midwest. That's not what Bubby was doing. This motherfucker was like seeing music or, or and hearing colors and shit like just being the most. So. Uh, you know, I, I, I loved, I loved the fact that he didn't know what weed was so much that he thought it was a vegetable, which it is kind of, it is. I've eaten, I've eaten it a lot. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at We Speak English Good, also on Facebook at We Speak English Good. Um, yeah, that I think that's it. I think I think we're done here. Oh wait, hold on, uh, I just got a big reminder. Rainamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. Go check out 1018. We love that album. I, I, I had fun writing the songs with my wife, Raina, and uh, it was just a fun process all the way through. It's recorded all on tape, all analog. You like that, don't you? Analog. Anyways, that's it. That's it for me. Uh, be good to your fellow human beings. HJ's for everybody, and I'll see you guys next week. I think next week is J-Rock out of Phoenix. I think so. I don't know. Yeah, It's whatever. I, I can't remember right now. Okay, bye. Fresh.